0: So today I'm sitting here with Barry Vincent from Wealth Builders, and I want to talk to him today because he's got uh, several different tools up his sleeve, but today's topic is buy sale agreements. Um, I'm not going to try and give you a summary because I'll botch it. but Barry, can you um, give us a, a bit of a bit of a heads up on what is a buy sale agreement and and what's it for? Uh,
1: hi, Gemma. Yeah, I'd love to uh, give you some ideas on that. The buy-sell agreement is basically to protect the shareholders and their families if something tragic happens to the shareholder. It also protects the business and it protects other shareholders as well. But my main interest is to protect uh, the families. Uh, What happens when a shareholder dies or becomes disabled and unable to work or even suffers a serious trauma uh, is that they need a process in place and an agreement between the shareholders, which is put in place before something happens, while it's a level playing field. And and so it covers not only the buy and sell arrangements of the shares, um, and the, the agreement puts in place what's going to happen to the shares, how it's going to be handled if a shareholder dies, becomes disabled, or has a serious trauma. The next thing is it covers business debts. Uh, because quite often when a shareholder exit the business, uh, the, the financiers will want their, uh, their debts to be either paid down or extinguished altogether. And so the buy-sell agreement that I put in place actually provides for that as well and provides funding. It, uh, usually associated with the, uh, the the business debts is a buy sorry, I'll start again associated with the business debts is a personal guarantee on the shareholders to provide money if uh, the bank can't get it from the business itself. The shareholders are called upon mm-hmm. to use their personal assets to fund that. Um, what a lot of people don't realise is a personal guarantee survives your death and it's a prior charge on your estate which mm-hmm. can't be probated until the personal guarantees have been extinguished. Mm. Financiers, being what they are they go to where the money is easiest to find so quite often you get a situation where a shareholder dies they have mortgage protection insurance which comes into their bank account and the bank says hey we're going to have some of that and uh, we need that to pay off the business debts Mm. so then the family is left with still a mortgage And I've got no income because dad's no longer there or mum's no longer there, who who is the income earner. So it's not a really good position for the shareholder family to be in. Uh, And then we've got shareholders' current accounts. So this can happen when a shareholder puts money into the business, either to start it up or to um, see the business through difficult times when they need some extra cash flow. Or, on the other hand, the shareholder may have been taking money out of the business in the form of drawings, which becomes a loan, which is now repayable on demand. And so the bank is quite likely to come back, or the business is likely to come back and say, hey, we want that money. Mm -hmm. So that's also part of the buy sell arrangement. And then we have the cost of losing a, a key person in the business. How much is it going to cost to replace that person? how much to replace the lost profits over, say, the next 12 to 18 months Mm. caused by the loss of a person that's key to the business. So that's really what a buy-sell agreement is. Mm. And it also talks talks about how you're going to provide the funding for each of these issues.
0: So a buy-sell agreement is comparable to a will or a shareholder's agreement in that it specifies what you've both agreed Will be how the business and its affairs will be handled in the event that one of you can't participate.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. So a will, of course, that normally leaves the shares uh, to the family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So then the surviving shareholder is in a position where they're they're in business with a maybe a grieving widow with young children, uh, and she's more concerned about putting money on the table for food Mm -hmm. and looking Mm -hmm. after the kids, rather than trying to run a business, which you may not know anything about or may not even want to. And of course, uh, these days, it it could be a guy that's in the same situation. With a shareholder agreement, normally that gives the option for the surviving shareholders to purchase the shares from the affected family at a price that they decide on. The surviving shareholders... uh, then make an offer to the family and say, hey, this is what we want to pay you for for Fred's shares. Um, what do you reckon? And then the family has a choice of either accepting probably an unreasonable offer mm. or trying to put the shares on the open market and, and get a reasonable price for them, which is usually pretty pretty difficult, if not impossible. Mm. So it doesn't actually protect the family at all. It, it, it's all in favour of the surviving shareholders.
0: Yeah, now there's another part of that, isn't there? How you pay for uh, the eventuality of the of the agreement.
1: Yeah, the easiest way is insurance, um, but that's not always the answer. Some people might have cash reserves, mm-hmm. and the business might have cash reserves. That doesn't happen very often, but um, so that there may be a full payment or partial payment through cash reserves. It may The payment may be spread over, say, five or 10 years at a specified interest rate uh, with built-in clauses in the case of default and so on. Mm. Um, so that's normally there is a, there's a degree of insurance in there, and that's how I get paid. I do not charge for my services. I help with all the planning, putting in place the buy-sell agreement, mm. um, and that my, that's at my cost. But if insurance eventuates, I just hope that the business owner will uh, see the way clear to um, let me do the insurance and and get a a payment from the insurance company.
2: Mm.
1: I do use only A-rated companies, um, and uh, because I want to make sure that my clients have the best chance of of having a claim uh, paid if if, uh, in the event of a a claim. Mm -hmm.
0: So, when have you seen? someone benefit from having one of these buy-sell agreements in place?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that.
0: When have you seen someone benefit from having this buy-sell agreement in place?
1: Ah, okay. Um, Yeah, there have been several occasions when my clients uh, have had that. Uh, Fortunately, not too many, but it it operates very smoothly as long as the buy-sell agreement is set up correctly, which it, it doesn't actually happen that often. More often than not, uh, if there is a buy-sell agreement in place, it's sitting in a solicitor's office waiting to be signed Mm. Um, because the insurance agent or whoever has advised the the shareholders has put all the payment in place and said, okay, now you need to get a buy-sell agreement done. Uh, They may go to the solicitor. More often than not, they don't. But if they do... They put the buy-sell agreement in place but then don't get around to signing it because it's it's not their high priority. Mm. So I, I tell my clients, I'm Gordon Ramsay, when it comes to their affairs, they're not going to get away with not doing things. Mm. So I take control of that, make sure it all happens. Uh, but at the same time, I try to relieve my clients uh, of the time that they may need to put into it. So I, I try to do as much as I can myself in conjunction with uh, their financial advisors, their lawyer, um, mm. or their accountant, so it takes that burden away from them, so that they can get on with running their business. Mm.
0: So, to prepare for um, putting a, an agreement like this into place, what sorts of things could business partners be discussing amongst themselves to to you know that they that they can eventually build into the agreement?
1: So, I've put together a planning guide for uh, for business owners, Gemma which they can download free from my website. Um, And and that goes through exactly those sorts of questions Mm -hmm. that need to be asked, like sit down with your family and discuss what what needs to happen if I die or if I become disabled. Um, And and so those wishes are recorded in a planning guide and then they can actually use that planning guide to create their own buy-sell agreement uh, from the template once again, on my website, are free of charge, or else they can come back to me and I can guide them through that and prepare the agreement for them. Um, so once again, I try to
2: um,
1: take as much away from, they still have control, but I try to make sure that everything is done and it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. And then they do usually get legal advice as well, just to make sure the buy-sell agreement is okay.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: all of that, I like to be involved with the process to make sure that it happens. Yeah. The other important thing, Gemma, which is often overlooked is the ownership of the policies. If there is insurance, Mm -hmm. quite often they're owned by the company uh, and which, if there is a claim and the money is paid out to one of the shareholders, it's immediately liable for uh, income tax. At usually the tax, top tax rate, which is now going to be 39%. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a real danger that people do not recognise. Also, you'll have the situation where two people in business might own each other's policies, which is quite common. But once again, it's unfair to the family that's affected because the surviving shareholder has the shares, has, has their portion of the shares, and also they have the money mm. to buy out the other shareholders. So they end up getting a double benefit from it. Mm. And if they're at all unscrupulous or if the business is looking a bit sad, they might decide to keep the money and to, to close the business down. So um, what I do is put an independent trustee into place, who's usually a lawyer, to make sure that the policy proceeds are all distributed to where they should be. So the money ends up in the right pockets and the shares are transferred correctly and so on. So that there's a, it's a nice, clean arrangement. Mm. And it takes the responsibility away from the grieving family um, who don't don't have to worry about how they're going to handle all this stuff.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, and um I, I'm just having visions myself of you know you've you've got into a partnership with somebody. um that person is no longer able to be involved in the business, and without protections like this, then, Um, people from their estate or their side of things you know their spouse could suddenly want to take an interest in the business and then you've got a whole shift in dynamic a whole shift in approach that wasn't in line with what you were trying to do in the first place and um, without without proper protections there then you the the surviving shareholder loses control to an extent as well because uh, you know, if, yeah, well, that just makes me shake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a classic example of that, Jim. I mean, that, that's a really good point, which people often overlook. But uh, there was a case a few years ago where one of the shareholders died. Um, his wife actually decided that she wanted to retain the shares because she didn't think that the other guy could uh, run the business uh, successfully. Uh, she didn't have the knowledge, so she got her brother to take over uh, running the 50% of the business. And uh, he used his financial advisors, and legal advisors. So the remaining shareholder really lost all control. Mm. And the business actually folded up within two years. Yes. So that was really sad. Um, the other point of view is um, I went to see some people a couple of years ago now. And um, it was quite a successful business, which was, owned 75% by the the original owner, 25% by a a young lady who was gradually going to take over the business. Um, The major shareholder wasn't able to attend the meeting on that day, so we arranged a meeting for the following week uh, where we could go through this. The following week, uh, he had to postpone the meeting because he went to see the doctor. Um, the short part of the story is that he, within three months, he died of a brain tumour. Mm. And uh, so they didn't have the agreement in place. they they've been talking about it, but hadn't got that far. So it involved about six months of legal wrangling mm. at a huge cost. It of many thousands of dollars. Mm. The outcome in the end was really good. Um, but once again, the young lady had said, look, we don't really need an agreement because the the family treat me like a, one of the daughters. They and they're going to look after me. Unfortunately, when there was a lot of money involved, it didn't okay. work out that way. Um, but it did in the end. But uh, as I say, at a huge cost.
0: Yeah, and at an emotional time where you really don't probably need that extra burden of oh, exactly,
1: exactly. Out. Yeah. So yeah, that that's and and the other parts of my business actually come out of that. So. Uh, you know, key person insurance is uh, available for sole traders or mum and dad type businesses mm-hmm. um, because their issues, with if a key person is lost to the business, can even be more traumatic on the mm. business because there's not that many other people that can step up to do the job. So key person insurance can do that for them and pay all their business costs while they're unable to work.
2: Mm.
0: I'm so, sorry, I'm pausing because I'm applying that to my own situation. Going, oh, I think I've got a few gaps I need, <laughs> I need to address. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so oh no, that's that's really that's really useful, and I, I really appreciate those um, real world examples as well. Um, I think when you get into business and when everything's going well, that's the time to implement the appropriate structure and foundations so that, in the event that the worst happens or there's a swift change you hadn't prepared for. You've, got, you've already got everything there, that what you've agreed, what you are both expecting at the start, or both, or more if there's two or more, um, and then it can go smoothly when you need it to.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And, and uh, there are a lot of start-up businesses at the moment where people have lost their jobs and have started up a business, and obviously the cost of that is great. If they're not able to work for any reason through sickness or, or accident, all the time and money that they put into setting up the business uh, may well be lost.
2: Mm. And
1: if they're off work for three or six months, what's going to happen to their business?
2: Mm.
1: It's difficult for them to afford key person insurance at that stage because they don't have a lot of money. But it's not as expensive as people might think uh, because we can structure it in such a way that it it can be almost fully paid for. In fact, I've got a 31-year-old builder who because of the cost savings uh, with ACC and and other insurance policies and because he's got a tax benefit and GST because the key person insurance is owned by the business. So it actually pays entirely for his key person insurance. Hmm.
0: Well, it sounds like Barry um, is a really useful resource when you're considering these difficult topics and sensitive topics and important topics. So I'm going to make sure that we've got contact information for Barry and I'm going to make sure that we've got links for the planning guide and for the template as well because those are, those are resources that Barry's prepared for you to use for your benefit. Um, but they're important conversations to have when everything's going well so that when they change that you've got the 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 framework in place in place that you need for the next transitional phase to to go as smoothly as it can um barry thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience with us and and it's all been that.
1: my pleasure gemma thank, thank you for you. the opportunity
0: thank you